Jake and Joanna and their family all the way from Bangkok, Thailand. They came to bring Caden to uh, start school in the fall at Evangel University. So we're going to take care of him and um, and uh, we're going to chain him up in the youth room. Put a chain on him, feed him a little spam. <laughs> anyway, keep him alive, y'all, till they come back. Anyway, we're so, so excited. And do you need another microphone? Do we want to grab another one? Can we? So I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. I'm turning it over to them. That um, they, uh, I was with them in February. Thank you, Old Grove, allowing me to go with the district. And um, and so, Jake, what did we do in February real quick? Just tell them what, what Absolutely. Happened. So Pastor came out with, uh, well, first, I just want to say, man, it's good to be home. It's good to be here with you guys. I mean, we miss you all so much. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, Pastor got to come out with uh, Pastor Stan and some other pastors from Southern Missouri. And we had a Holy Spirit conference because there had been some fighting and some things going on. And who knows when we have the Holy Spirit that there's unity. It brings us together. It brings us together for a common purpose to push the kingdom of God forward. And so we had a Holy Spirit conference where Pastor came and they got a a Bible school education, as well as a spirit-filled education of what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit in the work of the ministry. And the pastors, after we had that, came together and said, this is the most unified we have ever felt. And so we praise God for pastor and the other pastors that came out and were able to just host the Holy Spirit. They blessed us. (laughs) Yeah, I I was just going to echo the same thing they said, you know, after... After the conference, we just had revival services every night. Um, it was exhausting for the pastors, but they did a great job um, speaking and being translated four straight days in a row. 20 hours. 20 hours of, of services. Um, but the pastors were really blessed. And um, since then, you know, they've had several meetings and several different things. Um, work has started. New projects have started. New evangelism has started. Things are going out. Um from that, and their focus is back on uh, less on things about politics and disagreements and more on the mission. And um, we're just seeing that the Holy Spirit is working through what y'all did. So, I mean, oh, that's a revival when we stop Amen. fussing and fighting Amen. and start building and preaching. Amen. We did uh, see the BGMC bus. We went to that church. That wasn't a hop, skip, and a jump. That was quite a drive to the to the to the coast. I think coast, I remember the, yeah. the coast. The water was somewhere close. You know, you're in the bottom of, of Thailand, right? So we're down there somewhere, <laughs> Bangkok. Uh, we also rode a boat, like a little thin, little skinny boat. Long boat. I, yeah, in the river. Claw. 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 In, in the, the river. In the canal. In the canal. Yeah. yeah. And uh, big old lizards were crawling out of the canal. I was like, Father, if you'll just get me through this river <laughs> and get me home, I promise to send Jake back. <laughs> But uh, here, my Lord, send my brother and sister. <laughs> what a wonderful time we had there and um, uh, some other things we did. I think y'all did some video. Did y'all got some videos and pictures that y'all going to share? Yeah. We have this some morning. pictures, Okay. Yeah. And so um, uh, we just wanted to say that you've been there now how long? Four years total. So you're the first time you went two years, two came years. home, raised a, a, a budget for a three-year term. Now they're in their yeah, second year of the – so they got one more year in Bangkok. Uh, tell us what you're going to be doing, focusing on next year before you start your 
your yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the next year, uh, when we get back, Olivia goes to school, which is huge, uh, which allows Joanna to go into full time. Uh, <laughs> full-time language school, which she hasn't been able to do yet because she's been doing language. We do language all the time, but she's going into school, which is going to give her uh, the push forward so that she can really get out in the streets and talk to people and, and have really good conversations. And so we're excited about that. Uh, but then we're working in the South to start uh, house groups in provinces that have never had a church. And many, most, most of the people have not met a Christian. Um, so we're doing that. And then in our own neighborhood, we're going out and doing evangelism and uh, starting more house groups. And also Royal Rangers is in Thailand. We had our first outpost meeting. We had our first uh, outpost, our Praise first training. Lord. It's 11,000 pages that we're translating, but we are quite along that path. And so praise God for that. So a lot going on. Yes. And David and Mary Boyd gave me a jump drive with all the BGMC lessons in Thai. And we were able to give them that uh, when we went Met the pastor at the Romian church, Pastor Don. Wonderful, wonderful couple that are doing a phenomenal job and uh, reorganizing, restructuring the Thai assemblies of God. And uh, and so we're very, very grateful. What the enemy meant for evil, God's Amen. turning it around for the good. Amen. Amen. And so, Jake and Joanna, we couldn't be more proud of you. I know you got to talk stories about Annie, but I went to their home on the last night. I think it was last night. We had dinner at your home. So, so they'll tell you the story, but, but, but in, in, in the short part, I'll tell you that uh, everybody they, they come into contact with, they're just going to introduce to Jesus. <laughs> and they did. And now they, uh, they have them in their home on Sunday nights, and they'll tell you a little bit more about it, but uh, and especially Annie and the story with the lady who did her nails. All of that is a treat. Help me let them know how much you love them and their ministry and what they're doing in Thailand. God bless you. Take it over. Absolutely. 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 So if you want to throw up the slideshow, uh, again, I just want to say thank you guys. I mean, we, we appreciate you all. You're our family. We love you. Uh, we know that you love us. And I'm telling you, we have other missionaries that are on the field or, that are jealous of our church. They are. Because you guys reach out to us. You guys are caring for us. You're always messaging Joanna. Um, and we just we love all, all of you. So with that, we're going to get started. If you go to the next slide, please. So what's going on in Thailand? That's what we want to do. What has happened in the last two years in southern Thailand? We have started a number of small groups. Um, two of them that I'm uh, most excited about are in a province that's never had a church, never once had a church. And uh, we have two different groups started. Uh, we have uh, a college campus that we started with one Christian, and now we have four in our group. They're the only Christians in the entire college campus in, the, in southern Thailand in this one college. And so there's many things going on like this where it's the first Christian. It's the first group. It's the first church. And it's not just for 100 years. It's before all time. This is the first that we've had a group of people coming together. And so that's what we're doing. We're starting small groups of people and introducing them to Jesus. We're having groups of Bible studies where we just open up the Bible and say, this is God's letter to you. Let's read it together. Let's study together. And because of that, people are coming to Christ and it has nothing to do with who we are or what, it, none of that. It has everything to do with God has prepared people. And through his word, he speaks to people and through that word, he changes people. And there's nothing better than that. So that's what we're doing in southern Thailand. We have 
uh, one of our three pilot locations will be there. And Joanna's got something to say. I was just going to say the last time um, before we left, one of the main prayer requests that we had asked you guys to pray was um, one that we would be able to start and plant churches in the bottom three provinces where there are no churches at all. And two, that we would have Thai pastors who would be willing to go to those provinces with us, that they would want to take on this mission and that they would see that need. And God is answering both of those. And so what we're doing in the South is because of answer prayers, prayers that were prayed that God has responded and we have some really incredible Thai pastors um, that are in. So the South is five provinces. So we have a couple pastors that are in those top two and they're willing to go into the bottom three with us. And they are doing, even when we aren't there, we go down once a month and support them going in, help them with the planting and the discipleship. But they are doing it even when we are not there. Yeah. And that's the answer right. to the prayer. That's us seeing that God is moving on the hearts of the Thai pastors for the people around them. And for especially for the Muslim people around them, right. that God is giving them a passion and a courage. It's it's a big deal to go into another culture or another way of life that's not your own. We know that because we've gone to Thailand. But even for them, as Buddhist background people, going into the Muslim context, is it's a big challenge. And it takes courage and it takes faith. And we're seeing God really build that in those Thai pastors. And we're just so thankful for that partnership. And so now there's two in the bottom three. Yeah, two church house churches started in the bottom three where we've never had a church. So it's a huge answer to prayer. Amen. Amen. Joanna's going to talk mostly about our house church and what happened there. Again, God uh, brought people to our door. So yeah, this is, this is what pastor was referring to our, our meeting in our home. We did not set out to have a house church. We didn't even set out to have a house Bible study. But God puts things together in, in his way and in his time, and it's turned out to just be um, the coolest thing. And so um, when we actually first got back, you will remember we left right on the tail end of all the COVID craziness. And when we got back, we had to quarantine ourselves for like almost a whole month, and everything was still very shut down in Thailand, and we couldn't go out a whole lot. So the, for the first few months, we were feeling really stir crazy because, you know, we've come all this way to tell people about Jesus and we can't get out. We can't go. Everything's closed, you know. So we just started praying, Lord, if we can't go to them, bring them to us. If we can't go to the restaurants, if we can't go to the stores, if we can't go into new neighborhoods, just bring them to us. And I challenge you, if you've never prayed specific prayers, pray specific prayers Amen. because when our hearts line up with the will of God. He responds. And it was just a very short time. We have a little green area park um, in our neighborhood, just a little space. And since we were inside a lot, we were taking the kids out to get a little air and play. And we met um, a young man. His name is Dario. And um, he was a landscaper in the park. And so we just decided we'd start talking to him and we said, hi, how are you? We talked to him in Thai. We tried to talk to him in Thai, but he responded back to us in English, and he said, I don't speak Thai. I speak English, and I, and I speak Khmer, which is the Cambodian language, and he, he's from Cambodia. He's not Thai, and so he is a migrant worker, and he was only 15 years old, 
and he's working hard every day outside. So we just started visiting with him when we take the kids out to play, talking with him, and he started to share with us that um, he worked. He said, when I came here, um, I was trying to decide which community to do my work in, and everybody told me not to choose this community because there's a lot of work here. It's really hard. But I saw foreigners here. And he said, I chose this even though the work was going to be really hard because I saw foreigners. And I knew that foreigners would know who God and Jesus are. And I wanted to ask them about him. When he was young in Cambodia, just eight years old, he met one little boy who was a Christian in Cambodia. And that little boy had invited him to a soccer, to play soccer at his church. And he said, I went to play soccer, but I was a kid, and I don't really remember what they talked about in the stories because I really just wanted to play soccer, you know. I wasn't really paying attention. But he said, I did remember them talking about God and Jesus. And ever since that time, that has stayed in my mind. And as I got older and older, the names just keep coming up in my mind, and I thought, I've got to find somebody and ask them, who is God and who is Jesus? So. I'll just stop and plug for every ministry, <laughs> outreach, and evangelism you do. Don't think that it's too small. If it's VBS, if it's an Easter egg hunt, if it's whatever it is that the church is doing, do it. Because the Holy Spirit can use those seeds, as small as they may have seemed. That was the only Christian he had ever met. And here he is, 15 years old, in Thailand, working and he found foreigners so he could ask us, who is God and who is Jesus? So we just started talking with him and um, invited him. We said, you know, why don't you just come once a week, stop by our house when you get off work, and we'll study the Bible together, and we can learn together about God and Jesus. And so after about four months of him steadily coming once a week, he accepted Christ and um, decided to follow the Lord. He continues to come week after week faithfully, but after he accepted Christ, he showed up the next week with his brother. He said, this is my brother, and he works here in Thailand too. His brother does not speak any English. His brother speaks Thai and Khmer language. So we have three languages in our group that we translate in back and forth. Um, I think sometimes I think, Lord, you could have made this a little easier, but that's just not the way he rolls with us, so so we do it, but the Lord helps us. And so his brother, um, Boré, um, after only about a month or so of studying with us, he also accepted Christ. And so um, in April, just before we got ready to come here, we were able to baptize both Dario and Boré, and they've continued to come faithfully um, every single week to study with us. And so... At the same time, I met Annie. When nothing was open, Annie, who is a nail technician, she lost her business. Nobody could come to her shop. Everything was closed. She lost her work. So she started going to neighborhoods and knocking on doors and saying, can I do your nails? And so after we had prayed that prayer and Annie came and knocked on my door, I knew the Lord was bringing people to my doorstep. So I said, sure, come on in and do my nails. I mean, if anybody could ever turn getting your nails done into ministry, it was bound to be me. So I was waiting for that job all my life. And Annie came and she started coming once a month. 
and um, you know, she just started talking talking to me about, you know, your family is so different. There's something different about you guys. I just love being here. And her nail appointments would turn into five, six hours of her being in our house. She didn't want to leave. And um, occasionally she'd have her kids with her, and she started asking questions and um, wanting to know more. And so we continued to share with her. Um, after one year in January, while Pastor and the other pastors were at our house church meeting, Annie and her husband touch accepted Christ. And they have five kids. <laughs> so Darion Bure and Annie and Touch and their five kids are now meeting every single week at our house. So our group grew really quickly. And um, then we have Pim and Latte, and they are our two house helpers. They help with several homes in the neighborhood, cleaning and cooking and doing other things. And they have also been steadily coming week after week um, and are following Christ. And so um, we have about 11 people, like I said, we hadn't set out to do, but they are coming uh, weekly, and God is growing the church and moving um, in, in our home because he, he is good, and he knows where there are hungry hearts, and they are out there. They're searching, and they're looking, and it just makes sense to pray, Lord, you're, you know who they are. You know the one, so put them in our path. Bring them to our door because um, we have the one thing that they're looking for. So, And the, another thing about that house church is it's not just that group. That group is the people that are coming, but we have many that are interested. Our landlords are interested and said they want to come. Uh, uh, Dario and Bore's older brother and his wife want to come, and they're talking with their parents. And from this group of people, we're reaching even more people it's it's wild to try to keep up with with all of everything that God is doing, and we just say yes, Lord, let's go talk to that person and that person and that person, and we just keep going for it because that's what God has done, and so we praise God for that. Let's go to the next so, slide. Oh. Pastor wanted us to talk about Annie moving, so I don't oh, want to miss yeah. that. But <laughs> in the last week, right before we came here, unexpectedly, Annie gave us a phone call and said that they would be moving to the south, and they were going to be moving down to Hot Yai. And so at first, of course, I was very sad because they'll be leaving our group and because I will miss my friend. And and she said, well, her husband touches originally from And her nail south. technician. Yes, and my nail technician is leaving me. But she's going to the south um, because in Bangkok, the, the cost of living is very high. And she has five kids. And so she was really struggling to make ends meet. And touches family in the south invited her invited them to come down there where it would be more affordable to take care of their family. But it just so happened <laughs> that our good friend, Pastor Sutat in the South, um, is his church is five minutes from where Annie's home is going to be. And he is one of the most outreach-minded pastors that we have in the South. And so um, since Annie and Touch moved, um, just it's only been a couple weeks, uh, Pastor Sutat has talked with us on the phone many times. He's already been talking. Annie and Touch have already attended church at his church this last Sunday. He's been talking to them every day, and he even went and prayed over their her new nail shop, blessed her business, blessed them, and um, they're going to be joining uh, a cell group to, to start training and leading. And so I think it's pretty incredible because we continue to need 
families in the South to plant these house churches. And God is just doing it. He's moving people in the right places. He's ordaining everything in a way that we could never do on our own. And we see how he is building his church. He's putting people in the places where they need to be to reach the lost. And um, already our small little group is branching out. And we know that there's, there's not going to be any way to even number the impact of how each of these lives will affect other lives for Christ. Amen. 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 Go ahead and go to the next slide. All right, Northern Thailand. We, we talked about the north. We talked about Bangkok. Now we're in, I mean, the south, now Bangkok, now Northern Thailand. Um, we have been in, over the entire country. There has not been a place that we haven't gone to uh, because God said go, and we so we go, and we go, and we go, and we go. Um, and so God is amazed, amazing what he's done. He's given us opportunity. Uh, we uh, have started working with some tribal groups. They've asked me to help develop a discipleship plan because the pastors hear about our house group where we have discipleship happening. They say, we want to do that too. And so because of that, I was invited to go north, pre- uh, preached at a youth convention up north. And after that, they said, please help us develop discipleship groups so that we can reach our villages. And the one pastor, we're helping him build his church uh, because they had one building that filled it up and they had to build another one. So we're helping build that church. He is wanting to plant three more churches as soon as we get that building done. And one of them will be in Myanmar. Um, so God is moving all over in Asia Pacific. Um, you know, it's just amazing. And so we're doing that. And then you can see up there, very small picture. There's the evangelism bus um, and another church project, because again, when COVID happened, we couldn't get out to the communities. And so we were trying to figure out creative ways to keep working because we don't sit still well. And so we went out and we found a church that needed to be built. So we built it. We found an evangelism bus that had been uh, dilapidated. We, we restored it with BGMC funds. So praise God for BGMC. Amen. Uh, we have and now been- that bus that you see down there in the bottom corner. Um, that travels to places where we have no church within like two, three hours you can drive without there being a church. And uh, Ajahn Utan takes it out and he does evangelism services out in these areas where they would have to go hours and hours to be able to even attend a service. Completely so, rewired it and put speakers in it so everybody from all around can hear. It's got a stage that drops down and we can preach and, and teach off the side of it. And we have evangelists coming to preach all over Thailand. Again, God does amazing things, and we just keep moving forward with what he's got. We have Isan Ladies Challenge that Joanna was able to go and speak at. I'll get. Yeah, up there in the very top corner, that big group of ladies. Um, Isan is the northeast province of Thailand, and um, it's um, the most impoverished section of Thailand because of their climate. Basically, they don't get a lot of rain. They can't do a lot of farming. It's very low income. And this group of ladies is uh, doing this empowerment conferences. Basically, they've started a ministry out of this to help ladies who have unplanned pregnancies to be able to keep their children, um, to not turn towards abortion, which is growing in Thailand in in popularity, um, and helping them to find work. They've started ministries, um, coffee shop ministries, cleaning uh, ministries different things to help empower these ladies. And so I was 
privilege to be able to help preach and teach at this conference. And I think we had a little over 100 ladies um, come. And these are church ladies from the various, like some of them traveled two, three hours to get there to receive training. And they're going back into their communities and they are receiving the challenge to start these programs and start these types of ministries and outreach in their own villages. So praise God. I mean, God is training up leaders across all of Thailand and we're just blessed to be a part of it. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and then also uh, we had this uh, at the school and there was this law that went out that said all students in Thai schools have to have cell phones because of COVID. And so all the way down to second grade, all the way to second, second, grade second graders had to have cell phones. And we have a pastor friend of ours who is also a school, school administrator say, we cannot, we have got to figure out some way to talk to these kids so that they do not struggle. They do not have access. They, because they have access with a cell phone to anything. And we, he said, we, we just don't know how to train them. We don't know how to speak to them. And uh, at that point, we were talking with him and told him about Joanna's background in social work, Joanna's uh, background in, in, in teaching these sorts of things. And so she was able to go up north and teach a... Well, the first and most important thing I did was share my personal testimony yes. because we overcome by the word and our testimony. And these girls, especially those that are living in the girls' home and then in the school there, too, need to hear that they're valued and loved by the creator who made them. And so that was our most important uh, mission when we arrived, was to teach them the value that they have and that they can protect and guard the value that Christ has given them. And um, then we partnered with A21. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that ministry, but they are global ministry against human trafficking, and A21 has developed some really great curriculum to help protect kids from online predators, from human trafficking, from the sex trade. In, in Thailand, um, human trafficking and the sex trade is 10% of their economy. It's not underground. It's bad everywhere, uh, including here in the States, but it's not underground like it is here in the States. It's advertised on billboards and in signs and in uh, kids get requests online all the time. People, you can come with me. You'll make lots of money. You can do all these things. And so um, we're really trying to work with the Thai schools to teach their kids um, how to protect themselves and that they do have value because Amen. the Buddhist system doesn't teach personal yes. value. You don't ha- your life doesn't have any meaning. And so we want them to know that they were created intentionally on purpose by a God who knows and loves them and that that they can protect that value. So it's been a really um, exciting and important work, I feel like, to um, to really start to to plant those seeds in those kids right from the beginning. And when we come back, she'll be doing another follow up training with those kids because after the first training, they said that was great. We want more. And so Joanna's coming back with another missionary that's partnered with us to be able to do this. Um, so we praise God for the access to this school um, and then other schools after that as well um, that we have been talking with and everything. So go ahead and go to the next slide, if you would, please. Now, this is something that's exciting. I know several of you that uh, were Rangers. I was a Ranger commander before I went to Thailand. Did you know that? 
I taught here in this church, you know, and I got to, to hang out with the kids and, and make fires and tie knots and, and all of those types of things. And I just thought, you know, this is great. This is a fun time. But God was using that to prepare us for what we would be stepping into when we went to Thailand. We get to Thailand and you go into church after church after church. And there was almost nothing for kids and youth. Almost nothing. The parents would come in, come to church, and the kids would run around outside. Or they would just sit on their cell phones in the back of the church. There's nothing. And that breaks my heart because I'm a kid that was saved in church at that time because they had a youth group and they had teen Bible quiz and they had all of those things that we have in the States that just don't have in Thailand. And so we are praying about it and like, what can we do? What, what, what is an opportunity? And then this same school that Joanna was there while she was teaching about safe sex and or safe, uh, safe touch. Uh, yes, online uh, online protection and everything. They were. Uh, I was talking with the the leader and the pastor there, and he's like, "We we have this. It's Boy Scouts is what we have in Thailand, and uh, it's required that every school has it. But the issue is, is they take all the Buddhism and they put it into into uh, Boy Scouts. And so what that means is, even if you're a Christian school, your teachers still have to teach Buddhism." And so that one thing is just like, ah, we the got a Christian school. It's, it's crazy because yeah. you'll see the students. We see students, Thai students on our street walking to school and back. And the, the schools are tied to the Buddhist temple. Right. Um, they're, there is they're no together. separation of church and state. They're completely together. The government runs the temple and the school together. And you see them with all their little scouts, just like you would see Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts here. You see them with their little um, scarves tied on and their badges and things like that. Um, but when I got close enough to talk with the kids when they were wearing it, you can see all of the badges, the emblems, even the pens that they have for all of their things are Buddhist images. There's the, the nine-headed snake and the, all of those images that they use in Buddhism that they pray to, that they seek, that are demonic, that we know are demonic, are what they teach through the scouts program and so that was very alarming to us that even our thai christian schools that are being started and that are running are still having to teach this scouts program that is inundated with um, idol idol worship and so he asked me he said do you know of anything that is like boy scouts that would be close enough to boy scouts that we could get away with it coming in from a Christian worldview. And I said, absolutely, I do. It's called Royal Rangers. <gasps> Praise God. So now in Thailand, we have Royal Rangers. It is officially started. We have started translating work of 11,000 pages. Yes, that's Royal Rangers curriculum. It's a lot. 11,000 pages that we're working through. And we are working through lesson after lesson, merit, uh, skill merit after skill merit, Bible merit after Bible merit that we're going to be able to go into schools, not just the one school. We have three pilot locations. We have, we're going to put it in churches where the kids in churches have something from little bitty all the way up to youth graduating, going to college. They will have this program. And then also as part of Royal Rangers, you have Ranger leader training. So it's going to be developing the kids, the youth and the people within the church to teach Royal Rangers. But the stuff that they teach in Royal Rangers is not just about 
having a good Royal Rangers program. It's teaching methods. It's teaching styles that are good across every type of teaching and leadership. So we get to put this into Thai churches across Thailand. And because of the people that God has put in our path as leaders, those people were just our friends. Now they're becoming the leaders of the Thai church. And those people have opened it up to take it to all of the churches that are part of the symbols of God in Thailand. We're taking it slow so it's done right. We're doing it a year first and three pilot locations, one in the north, one in Bangkok, and one in the south. And from that, it's evangelism. We're going to have kids from all over coming to our churches, coming to our schools, and they're not going to be hearing Buddhism. They're going to be hearing about the kingdom of God and Jesus and everything he's done for all of us. So we praise God for it. Joanna, and, the, and, and, and this is the cool thing about Royal Rangers. You hear Royal Rangers in the States and you think little boys, right? That's what you think because that's what it is. Well, in, in international, it's boys and girls. So it's all kids. Yeah, because the girls have Girl Scout requirement too. So it works across the board. I think for us, just the most exciting thing about it is to, I went to Ajahn Michai school and I I sat in the preschool Montessori class when they're talking about the creation of Christ and just basics with the preschoolers. And then I went into the elementary class and then the high school all the way up and hearing them teach the word of God. And knowing that this is the last piece to completely remove the foothold the enemy has had over these children in these schools. This is the last piece of Buddhism to leave the school system for Thai Christian schools. And that means this generation that we're looking at in these schools is the first generation of Thai kids that will be raised from the ground up, from itty bitty up, without ever having any background of Buddhism or idol worship in their history. They won't be coming out of Buddhism. They will be raised on Christ from the beginning. And that's the first generation of students that we can say that about. That's pretty incredible. Tearing down of strongholds. The tearing down of strongholds, because that's what Buddhism is. It is a stronghold of the enemy that will God, Jesus will rip apart. And from that, we're going to see people ripped out of darkness and brought into the light and the kingdom of God. And we're just, it's exciting. It's really exciting. So well, October is, we, we had a, uh, the first, uh, uh, um, oh, in October, we have a meeting of pastors and uh, from all over Thailand. It's called Family Camp. And Pastor Ron is coming out there uh, as long as he can get the funds ready together. We're so I'm going to fundraise for Pastor Ron. Pastor's if you want to help him to get to Thailand, give to that so that he can come out and preach and be part of our family and, and be teaching to all of the kids and all of the families are all coming together in Ta'am um, at a camp that we're, we're doing for the pastors in Thailand. And so um, we're really excited about that as well. So um, go ahead and go to the next slide if you would. Church support. Um, so. We've talked a little bit about the churches and things that we're working with. Um, we do a lot in our individual um, – those pictures got a little bit jumbled up there, but that's all right. So we do a lot of one-on-one discipleship and evangelism among our community, among the people that are with us, among the, the people that are friends and family. Uh, but a big part of our ministry is we work with the national church because when we're not there, they keep going. And we cannot do a bunch of things and then walk away and then it all stop. So we work with the national church. 
Uh, we talked about how well, during COVID, things were shut down. We built churches. We've built six. Right now, we're building another one. So that's seven churches. Yeah, not, not, I did not go out and build all of these churches by myself. No, I went with the national church. And with a partnership of other missionaries, we went out and we built churches. And that's been the most exciting thing. Yes. That these pastors are already, their projects are already started. When we come alongside and said, hey, let's help you, we'll we'll help you get this building going, getting it up. Whether it was physically helping with the building or whether it was helping raise the funds for the building, they were already doing it. Right. It was their mission. It was what God had put on their heart. And they were already, we had one pastor family that literally Land is very expensive in Thailand, and God told them to build a church. And so their home, very small, humble home on their little bit of land, is all they had. So they bulldozed their home, and they slept in a tent and started building a church on the property. By faith. By faith. They had because no that's money. what God told them to do. And they, they slept. I'm telling you guys, it's hot in Thailand. <laughs> I... I interceded for that, that pastor and his wife more than I think I have any other because I just imagined them outside sleeping in their tent on these hot nights. And I thought, Lord, that is the faith that I aspire to, to be that obedient that if you told me to sleep in my tent in this 100 degree weather, I would be obedient and do it. But they did, and their church has um, come along the district, sponsored that project. And so when the pastors were out in February, they were able to go out and see the Gating Lai Church. Um, On that the is ocean. Almost completely done now. It's just got a few finishing details. But the church, which includes a room on the back for the pastor and his wife, so they're living there in that room now with a little air conditioner on the wall. We don't have central air in Thailand, but we do have little wall unit (laughs) air conditioners that try to keep up. And um, it just blesses me every time I see them in that room and where they are because I know what obedience and faith they had to get to that place. If you look up on the left-hand, upper left-hand corner, uh, that's a church, I guess. Yeah, it's left for you guys too. Um, The left-hand church. (laughs) That one is a church in the south, one of the very few churches. They have been hopping around, renting whatever place they could in order to have a church. We were able to go down and be a part of the opening of that church. Not only is it a church, but it's a ministry, and it's a place where they train women that are being rescued out of traffic, sex trafficking. Because when they're rescued out, there is no other work. This town is built on sex trafficking and gambling. It is right across the border from Malaysia. The entire There is not, no other type of industry and, uh, or work unless you're doing that. And so they have no opportunity. And so what they're, what they're doing at this church that is in this town is they're taking these ladies and they're teaching them how to make coffee. They're teaching them how to make clothes. They're teaching them life skills that they can use to work and to live because without it, they, they just they don't have another way to work. And so that church is a church that's literally built in the gates of hell. I mean, it's just that town is horrible, but the people there, God loves. And that's what we're called to do is go into the darkest places and bring a light. And so that church is the one light in one of the darkest places I've ever been. And so we praise God for them. It's, it's Pastor China Rong and Bui. They've had 
problems with uh, some of the ladies coming out that are demonically oppressed and, and possessed, and they've had to cast out demons and pray for them, and and it's just Joanna's one of yeah. It's very spiritually heavy and hard, and you know if you if you go back and read the Old Testament, this is what it looks like in Thailand. I think about it all the time when I'm walking down the street and I just see these massive idols and these incense being burned. We watched whole pigs being sacrificed to idols and and offerings being made on a regular basis we see it and we hear it and we're around it and when i read the old testament i think this is it this is what it looked like this is what it's still happening it's still going on and i think it probably happens here in the state in a whole in the states in a whole different way right it's, it's under a different cover but what i've learned more than anything is there's just one enemy and there's yeah. just one way yeah. out. And no matter whether it's Islam or Buddhism or New Age or atheism, it doesn't matter what it is. The enemy is the enemy. His lies are, are, are we, we've talked about it a million times, haven't we, Pastor, about across the board. It's just the same lie, you know, done in a different way. And there's only one way. And, and to watch the oppression come off the backs of these people there's just nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. One of our, um, Dario that I was telling you about in our house church, he was talking about spiritual oppression when, when he grew up because we read the story about Christ. We, we read the story together about how he cast the demon. And, and when he said go, that demon had to leave out of the man, you know, and, and he had the authority over the, the demonic world. And when Dario recognized that in the story, that Jesus had the authority and that the demons had to obey him, he, he, he told me the story when he grew up of a demonically oppressed person in his village and, and the fear that they had as kids that that same thing would happen to them, that that demon would come into them and make them do the things that that person was doing. And that they had a, a demon that lived in the lake and they would go and put all kinds of offerings out on a raft and put it out into the lake. And they believed if they didn't continue to appease that demon with sacrifice and offering, that the demon would leave the lake and come into their town and kill people. So every time someone in their town would get sick, everybody would run to buy things to put on the raft, to put out in the water. And He said sometimes we didn't eat because we had to use our money to buy things to appease the demon in the, in the river. And when he read this story, he looked, at, he looked at us and he said, now I understand why you're doing it. He said, even after all this time, I just couldn't understand. Why did you come all the way to Thailand to tell other people about your God? I just didn't know why you would do that. But he said, now that I recognize what you're saying could have changed my life as a kid. He said, everything I've ever been tormented by, feared, had nightmares about, lived in this overwhelming fear, every bit of it could have been different had I known that I could call on the name of God. But I didn't know. I just didn't know. And when he recognized that, he, he immediately, he said, this is why we have to do the same. This is why we have to go tell, because my cousins and my brothers and my, my and sisters and my mom and dad are still living in that same fear, in that same torment every single day. 
simply because they don't know the name of God, Amen. the one who has authority over Amen. all things Amen. that they can call on and that they don't have Amen. to live under that oppression yeah. anymore. We celebrated the first Christmas with them, the first Easter, They, you know, as Christians, the first time they ever celebrated Christmas, the first time they celebrated Easter, understanding you just can't even describe the faith and the gratitude that they have. Just, he said, they said, I, I don't deserve this. He died like that? Why did he did that for me? I don't deserve this. And sometimes it takes us aback because we just think, man, we have to go back to that. We have to sit in that every day and, and not forget this is why we do what we do. This is why we equip these churches. This is why we disciple and we do leadership training and we do evangelism in these churches so they can reach the lost because there's all these people out there waiting to know that they can call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Go to the next slide, if you would. There we go. This is the last one. But uh, when what Joanna was saying, before we finish off and with this last slide, I just want to say, this morning while we are praising and worshiping God and we are saying the great I am, if you look at the verse that says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, what is the first two words? I am. When we go into places like Thailand, when we go into places like Fiji and Papua New Guinea and Samoa, and, and when missionaries go in, our job is to introduce to people to the great I am. That I am is the one that built the foundations of the world. He created everything. And because of that, we have all authority given to us in heaven and earth to go and make disciples. That's what Jesus has called all of us to do. So as you guys are praying for the United States of America, your job is to go with the great I am and make disciples and teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded them because we have been given authority from on high to do what God told us to do, which is to go out and find people that have no hope and give them a hope that the great I am loves them and he cares for them. And so all of us in this room, all of us that have breath, the opportunity that we have in America is unfair. <laughs> it is because we're blessed. We are blessed to have a God, have a, a nation that was built on the foundations of Christianity. We have a nation where we have churches on every corner. We have a nation that we have the opportunity to have a pastor like the pastor you have, the opportunity that we have to come and worship God and to sing to the great I am and not be afraid of the spiritual darkness coming against us because we have the authority given to us by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We praise God for that. All right. So this is the last bit. We just wanted you to see the kids. Of course, you know Caden graduated, and we're bringing him here to be with you <laughs> while he goes to Evangel. Um, it's, we're so proud of him and Amen. the work that he's done. One of the projects that he did, actually, you saw a little picture of in the 
um, church support page that that was up there a minute ago, Caden, um, he organized a basketball tournament at his school, signed up a bunch of teams as a fundraiser, and he raised the funds to build an awning and a drainage ditch for one of the churches in the mountain so that they their church would not flood. They were having a lot of flooding problems. And so he organized a basketball tournament tournament at school. He raised up the funds by himself, and he even went out and did a lot of the welding with the pastors on building on that church. And so and he's, he's a very important part of our ministry, and we're going to miss him, yeah. and he's just ours, and we're going to miss him. So, <laughs> so take pray care for of him, us, please. because leaving him behind here is going to be hard, but we're excited to see what God's doing with his life. And Somebody in Thailand said to me, what is, what is Caden going to do without having parents, with his parents being so far away? And I said, he has more parents there than he has here. Don't worry. <laughs> He's got a lot of eyes and a lot of hands and a lot of prayer and a lot of family here that's going to help him and support him and be with him. So we just want you to know, as a, as a mom and a dad, it's, there isn't anything else I could have prayed for or asked for but that he just serve the Lord and have a home church and good mentorship training in the word. And then he'd be here to serve with you guys, whatever he ends up doing with the rest of his life. I can't ask for anything else. So it means so much to me that you guys treat him like family as you always do. (laughs) And Sam moved up to middle school, believe it or not, if, you, you saw him up here when he was singing a minute ago. He's already up here to my shoulders. He's grown so much. And he's moving up to middle school. He'll be in sixth grade this year. And Olivia is moving up to kindergarten K-4. So Kate, Sam is actually, when we go back to Thailand, when we do our first training for uh, the teachers at the school, Sam is helping me train the teachers. with because For he Royal did, Rangers. For Royal yeah. Rangers. So, he's very excited. Royal yes. Rangers is coming to Thailand. That's his next mission. So he's excited to be a part of that and a part of training the teachers and the kids um, to do that. So, um, yeah, our kids are are an important part of our ministry. They are missionaries all by themselves and together with us both. And um, we just thank God. Livy, um, she, you can see the picture there of her hugging the little girl. Um, that's a little girl who lives in the slums area behind our house. And she's being raised by her grandma and grandpa who are there in the picture. Um, they're in very poor health, and, and they don't have a whole lot. But we visit them um, every week. Her name is Sang Bua, and um, her and Livy are best buddies. And Livy p- prays for her on a regular basis. And so she has a ministry, too. <laughs> and our kids just, um, they're lights to these to these kids and adults and, and support to our churches. And so... Um, yeah, we just thank you for praying for them and covering them. They've done so well transitioning in school. Um, That's been a big blessing, and that was an answer to prayers that you guys prayed that they would do well. They've made good friends. They've done very good in school, and so we just thank God for everything, everything that we showed you up here, the house church, the national church, the churches that are being built the ones that are coming up in places that have never even had churches, every bit of the ministry that is taking place is 100% the Lord's doing. We are just serving, and we're just honored, and we're just amazed 
Every Sunday night when our, when our group, our Bible study group, leaves our house, after the discussions we've had and the time that we've had together, we just look at each other and go, how did, I mean, we couldn't have done this. We couldn't have made this happen. We couldn't have created this if yeah. we wanted to. It's the work of the Lord. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in people's hearts. And he illuminates it, you yeah. know? There's sometimes way, things, questions they, they ask us, that we're just like, how do we explain this? It's hard to explain this across a culture and across a language, you know, a language or two barrier. Or three. And there's things that are challenging for us to try to figure out how to explain. And we just go to the Word and we read it together and we say, here's what God's Word says about it and here's, here's what we believe and why we believe it. And, and as we explain, they get it. And, and we know that it wasn't any great debate on our part that convinced anybody of anything because most of the time, that's just not our wheelhouse. What we don't have to do the convincing. The Holy Spirit does the convincing yeah. in their hearts. When they read it, they know it's true. And even Annie and Touch, when they first accepted Christ, they said, we don't really understand all of this. But we know without a doubt, this is the truth. We yeah. just know it. They knew it from the inside, that this was the truth. And they said, we want to keep learning. We want to keep growing because we know this is the right thing. And that's the Holy Spirit. Right. And that's what I always tell them every week. Our hearts are created to respond to Amen. our creator. Amen. And the Lord speaks to hearts in a way that we can only speak to ears. We can only explain things in the way our minds can understand. But God speaks to hearts. He speaks to souls. And we're seeing it happen. So just keep praying with us because he's answering and he's meeting those needs and he's bringing those people and like Jake said earlier, we have a whole list of people that we believe will be added to our house church group. The the barber down the street who's already talking, pastor got to meet him, and grandpa and grandma and little Sangbua who we believe are going to come to Christ. And um, our landlords who live two, two houses down from us, we believe they're going to come to Christ. We have a whole list of people that we are believing are going to come to Christ in the same way that these have. And um, so, yeah, we have one year left. We'll come back next summer to raise our budget again. Um, so we'll get to be back with you a whole year after next summer, um, traveling around and raising up our budget again. But just pray for us in this last year that God will really speed up the work in the hearts of those who are hungry and bring them to himself, that he will really grow uh, the church, continue to spread them out and reach more and more people through each of these that have come to faith and um, continue to just grow the national church and give them a passion to reach the lost, reach their neighbors. We believe revival is coming Amen. to Thailand. Amen. We believe it. Amen. Amen. So I want to, I just want to pray over you guys. I just want to, you know, we love you. Uh, I can't say it enough. I we love being back here. We love being part of this group of believers that is a family. We are part of your family. Lord God, I just thank you for Oak Grove. I thank you for all the moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters that we have in this room, Lord God. That you've brought us together, Lord Jesus, as a body of believers, Lord God, where each one of us needs each one of us. You've given us all talents. You've given us all abilities. You've given us all everything that we need when we're together, Lord God. So, Father, I pray that you keep us together. 
that you keep us strong, Lord God. You keep us unified, that there would be no division in the body, Lord God. And that you would honor each and every person in this room, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you for the acts that you continue to do, Lord God. The acts that you continue to do across the world, Lord God, and right here in Thailand, or right here in the United States, Lord God. The acts that you continue to do with the people and the hearts that we have and we can connect it with, Lord God. That, Father, each one of us has been called to our place of business, to our community, Lord God, to this church, to church across the world, Lord God. You've called each and every single one of us to be a light in a very, very dark world, Lord God. We know, Father, that without you, Lord Jesus, we have no success. Without you, we have nothing, Lord God. But with you, Lord God, with you, Lord Jesus, the impossible is made ordinary, Lord God. That every day, Lord Jesus, that you put your hand of blessing and of miracles, Lord God, that we see people that we were told would take 10 years to come to Christ, come to Christ in a matter of months, Lord God. And that their friends and family, Lord Jesus, are saying, we want that too, Lord God. And that we're seeing people across Thailand say, we want that too, Lord God. That thousands of people in Thailand are being baptized because they say, we want that too. All because when they come before the great I am, and they see and know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, And no one comes to the Father except through him, Lord God. They say, that's true. That's true. That's true. So, Father, we thank you that you've given us a Holy Spirit that testifies to the truth in our hearts, Lord God, that prepares people's lives beforehand, Lord God, that calls people to yourself, Lord God, that has not left us alone but have come alongside us as a helper and a comforter, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, Lord God. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that today, that we would all have a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we would not be timid, that we would not be shy, that we would not keep this message that we've been given to ourselves, Lord God, that we would go out, Lord Jesus, to our friends and family and preach boldly, Lord God, because we walk in the throne room boldly every day and ask specifically for people around us, specifically for miracles to happen among the people that we have, Lord Jesus. Right now, Lord God, I pray a boldness on Oak Grove Assembly of God That every person in this room, Lord Jesus, would have one name come to their heart right now. And that one name would come to Jesus in the next year, Lord God. And the next year, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. And we know that you can do it, Lord Jesus. And we know it's according to your will, Lord God, because you said that all might believe. That all might become for a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is your will. It is your will that this gospel will be taken to the ends of the earth, Lord God. And so we ask you, Lord Jesus, humbly, Lord Jesus, but with confidence, knowing that we're the children of you. 
your, we're your children, Lord God. We praise you and thank you, Lord God. And we ask all of this in the mighty, precious, most powerful and amazing name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen and amen. Amen.